This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Interest rates are higher. I know people don't like that, but you should be welcoming a stronger economy. Maybe a deal had a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United States is a country that has always paid all of its bills. Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, g'day, Adam. How are you going? Doing well, thank you. Just mm. got back literally today from a weekend away at Port Broughton oh. uh, on the uh, York Peninsula here in South Australia. Lovely spot. Oh, the, uh, the famous Port Broughton. The, fa- the one and only, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. We had good weather. Hey, uh, just a reminder, CVE will be on a break uh, for July and August. Uh, if you haven't yet, though, uh, why not check out the other great shows from Equity Mates Media, Get Started Investing, Equity Mates Investing Podcast, You're in Good Company, Talk Money to Me, Crypto Curious, The Dive. There is so much to get your ears around in our absence. Uh, we will, of course, return, though. Uh, don't you worry about that. We will be back. Uh, and for now, Thomas, massive show coming up, as always. Young people are getting screwed, and I don't mean in a good Tinder kind of way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of roots, are mortgages the root of all evil? And a Japanese company is offering to quit your job for you, which is okay if you're using the service. I doubt you will cut out for your job anyway. But first, <laughs> Thomas, I just don't feel like I'm growing. In fact, I don't feel like our audience is growing. It actually feels like the whole country isn't growing. Thomas, any idea why we'd be feeling this way? Uh, no, no, given that GDP grew 0.2% in the quarter, so it's still posting growth. I'm not sure quite where you're going with that. Intro. It's not much though, is it? No, it's 0.2% not much. It's not much, no. If my kids grew 0.2% in a year, I'd take them to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, no, the, the economy is looking a bit sick. That mm. 0.2% was, yeah, compared to 0.3% expected, so a bit of a miss. And under the hood, it's not looking great. So, yeah, so while that the headline GDP is up 0.2% in the quarter, uh, per capita GDP, so the amount of GDP per person, per, per, mm. you know, in Australia, that fell 0.2% after uh, gaining just 0.1% in December. What's the other one if it's not per capita? Like who else is... Who else is producing though? If it's not people, no, no, no. Like it's just the total population. So GDP per capita is GDP mm. total amount of stuff we produce yep. divided by the number of people in Australia. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only GDP that we've got though. I thought you were suggesting there was a different figure. There's like we've got GDP and then we've got GDP per capita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, they're two two distinct numbers. <laughs> <laughs> 
X, one's X divided by Y. Ah, okay, right. Well, okay, that's yeah, yeah. what I was after. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Just yeah. Some, some okay. simple algebra. Yeah, good to slow it down a bit. <laughs> three years in, good to remember where we're at. Talk about growing 0.2%. Maybe people would like to go back in the break and check <laughs> yes. out our uh, Economics 101 series we did right back at the start of this podcast. You'll find mm. it in your feed. Uh, anyway, all right, so we're on X minus Y. Yeah, divided by Y. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's not same, important. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so per capita GDP. So, And that that gives, that's, gets closest to our idea of living standards because that's how right. much stuff per, per person we've got you know, with all the problems involved with that definition. Mm-hmm. But but because immigration has been going quite strongly, uh, driving up the population, per capita GDP is falling at 0.2%. CBA reckons we can lock in another fall in June quarter. So we've got a per, we're in a per capita recession now. So mm-hmm. living standards are going backwards. Right. Yeah, it's really a consumption story. Household, the household consumption is the big one. So household consumption accounts for like almost two thirds of GDP, that grew 0.2%. So that's slowing. But when you break that down, uh, essential spending, spending on essentials is up 1.1%. So that's a big jump. Right. But that's entirely a, a inflation story. So mm. the price of essentials is going up, which means people are spending more on it. Oh, so we're not buying more essential items. Like people no. aren't just like, I'm just going to load up on toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. just toothpaste is costing more. Yeah. Okay. I think that's yeah, what that means. Yeah, so essential spending's up up 1.1, so it's a big increase, but discretionary spending's down 1, 1% in the quarter, and that's a big fall. Right. So that really points to households locking down the, locking down the battens and tightening the belts. Mm. So toothpaste is up, but floss down. Flo- yes, <laughs> for example. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Though, you know, his floss is kind of essential, according to my dentist. Yeah. Uh, they'll sell anything, though. Yeah. Those yeah. dentists. So, you know, have you seen how much toothpaste they put on toothbrushes oh. in those ads? It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. So we've got, we got a big gap opening up between discretionary and essential spending. The amount of stuff that people are choosing to spend is, is falling quickly. Mm. Um, and they're, yeah, they're taken. They're taken. And that's what we wanted, wasn't it? Like that's the whole. Isn't that what the RBA has been working to achieve for the last year yes. and a half? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We can say so that. So that's good. It is good. Yeah. I mean, like in terms of getting inflation in under control, and in terms of maybe a view to, at some stage, pausing rate hikes mm, and mm. and cutting rates even. Isn't this where we need to be? Yeah, this is the narrow path. It would be mm. good if we were another six months in past the peak in inflation. Did you see Phil's Phil started naming his speeches? I don't know if he's been doing this for a long time, but I saw that he delivered a speech uh, and he called it a narrow path. A narrow path. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a like it's a movie or something. Yes. <laughs> like a. <laughs> but that, that, <laughs> Stay tuned for the sequel. Gone to shit. Um, <laughs> well, Gareth Ed pointed out that he named that he named his speech a narrow path seven or eight months ago as well. Like, you- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Just> rehashing it. <laughs> the na- a narrow path. The sequel. He's uh, he's the John Farnham of economics. <laughs> just the <laughs> one last time tour. Yeah. Uh, one more yeah. time around the narrow path. Yeah, so like it would be good if we were clo- we were comfortable that we were pretty close to bringing inflation back to the target band. But mm. the RBA hiked last week, which surprised a lot of people. Not me. Not you? Oh, that's right. You, you had your contrarian call. I predicted it. 
Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to hike again, by the way, just in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, people think so because they hiked and then came out in the press conference and the yeah, minute saying there's a lot of risks and we're, st- mm. we're still pretty worried. So, oh, yeah, yeah they've gone a bit hawkish. Yep. Yeah, so, so this, this is the balancing act. This is the narrow path to bring mm. inflation down before you crash the economy into recession. It's now looking like, at least in per capita terms, we're not going to do that. We're going to hit a per capita recession before we bring inflation down. Right. And CBA reckon there's a 50-50 chance that we're in full recession by the end of the year. Mm. So that narrow path starting to look pretty narrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas, you reckon young people are copping it in the neck. What's going on? Why yeah. do you say this? Why, why, why such inflammatory comments? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, there's it's, it's, there's very different experiences of the current economy right now, hmm. and that tends to break down along age. Yeah, and the only reason it does that is because age is an indica- is correlated with home ownership, mm-hmm. and older people tend to own their own homes. So, if you own your own home, you're doing pretty well. Even if you've got a mortgage, does that apply, or is that you're saying only if you you own it outright? Yeah, the more you own, yeah. the more equity you have. The better, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the more you, the more equity you have, the less rate hikes hurt you. Yeah. Really, we're asking young people and first home buyers in particular to carry to do the heavy lifting with hmm. rate hikes. That seems fair. They <laughs> 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 got young backs. <laughs> it's strong. See how much young people can carry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I've done significant damage trying to lift a gazebo up onto the roof of my car. So mm. I'm not the person who should be carrying this economy. Yeah, but you look at what's going on. Like young people are reigning in spending hard. Mm. So over the past year, the age groups 30 to 40 in that bracket, their mm. consumption's gone up 4% each right so yeah they've increased four percent over 65 it's Mm. gone up just under 12 percent wow yeah yeah so older people have that they've got a lot of benefits they own their own home so they're not worried about rate hikes rates (laughs) rates are going up which is you know increasing their term deposit returns yeah and this out there spending they'll be the only people in the nightclub soon there'll be no trouble with the uh age Can I see some ID? I'll make sure you're under 90. <laughs> yeah. it's, too much, it's a liability otherwise on the dance floor, on the, on the D floor if you're, if you're 90 plus, it's, yeah. a, it's trouble. Um, yeah. So, right. yeah so, so young people are being asked to, to, to carry the burden and because older people are still spending like drunken sailors, mm. that means they need to carry more of the burden because the RBA has got to hike rates even more to bring consumption right. down. So they've really got to smash young people because <laughs> the boomers are out there spending spending stop. up big. All right. If you're over 65 and you're listening to this show, <laughs> just stop it, all right? Just have a night in. Have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> Lots to do at home. Yeah. Uh, write some letters to the, I don't know, local council, complain about <laughs> signage or something. Yeah. So yeah. So young people are being asked to deal with to balance that out. They're mm. also being asked to deal with inflation, which is predominantly coming from electricity prices, which is the multinational gas cartel that we've talked mm. about. Young yep. people had nothing to do with that. They've received none of the benefit of that. All mm. of that money, all of that profit, largely gets sucked up and then shipped back offshore, leaving us with higher prices. Young people are asked to deal with the consequences 
either as renters or as young homeowners mm. and they got higher rates and they're getting smashed. And then we've got an epic housing crisis, like mm. the worst housing crisis on record. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and, you know, he'd been trying to save up, get his deposit together to buy a house. He's watching the house prices just sort of keep lifting and getting further out of reach at the same time as he gets bumped out of his rental and he's got to now pay, you know, 30, 40% more rent, which mm. then eats into that buffer. So he's like, he's, He's angry. Yeah, yeah. And he should be. And he should be. So, so that's the problem. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. How do we fix it? How do we do it better? What's this, What do the solutions look like? In fact, we got a we got an email this week. Mm. Phil sent us an email, cve at equitymates.com. Uh, love the show. Uh, I'm really keen to helps get your... with my decisions on monetary policy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be a different Phil. Different, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, sure. <laughs> Yeah. feel high yeah uh no this is a, it's a genuine email um i'm keen to get your feedback rather than raising rates and continuing to in, continuing to inflict cash flow issues to mortgage holders and businesses could banks just raise the lending criteria i.e rather than allowing the average person to borrow six times their annual income now phil did write could they raise this threshold to eight times for example i think maybe he might have meant could they raise the threshold or reduce the threshold to four times because Letting people borrow eight times instead of six times wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? No, no. I think, no. Yeah, I think he meant. I think he meant four. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's go with four. So yeah. so if we just said if we capped it, if banks said, all right, um, you can't borrow more than four times your your annual income instead of mm. six, mm-hmm. what would that do? Is that is that something we could look at? I think the current period is a reminder of why the economy sucks mm. in a way. Like it's. We got we have a system that is designed to you know preserve the wealth of the incumbents, and if you're trying to you know break in and, and make you make your money and get sorted, you, you, it's sta- the system is stacked against you by design. Hmm. That ends up having an age dimension because young people are the newest arrivals and tend to be behind um, and having tr- and struggling to break in. But the way we the way we're dealing with inflation right now is really hammering the people trying to break into the into the, into wealth, mm. um, while preserving the wealth of those who already have it. And that's, that's by design. And I think it's worth asking the question, is that a good idea? Mm. You know, Phil Lowe was asked this during his, the press conference and saying that, you know, there's, it's uneven the way this, the burden's being distributed around the, the country. And he says, yeah, but that unevenness is not a reason to avoid using the tool that we have. Right. So he's like, yeah, it's going to create some uneven outcomes. What are you going to do about it? We've only got one tool. <laughs> it sounds like me in the shed. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I need to attach this thing to that thing, but all I've got is this screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. I need to drill a hole. I'll use the screwdriver to drill a hole because it's the it's the best tool we've got. Like yeah, yeah. Like that's not having only one tool isn't surely that's not solid rationale for. It's part of the problem. It's part of the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what and what what Phil's talking about there is, you know, you could you could do that through APRA. You could mm. change lending like serviceability uh, buffers or serviceability limits, and that does have an impact on house prices quite directly because you're limiting how much people can borrow. And back in 2017, APRA made some changes, and that did drop house prices like 10. percent But it wouldn't really slow the economy, like because you're only getting new borrowers and you're only really affecting house prices or mm. how much people can pay for new houses, that doesn't really feed through into the rest of the economy. And if the rest of the economy is running too hot, 
then you're not you're not really going to bring inflation down with that because we're not we're not really concerned with house prices. Bringing house prices down isn't the point. That's not yeah. what monetary policy is trying to do. We're trying to bring inflation down. Yeah, and so it just wouldn't have enough impact to on to do that. Are we trying to solve this? Like, is it something that the RBA is trying to fix, or the government? Either government, whoever you follow, whoever you back, mm. whoever you barrack for, is it something that is on the agenda to fix, or is it just a case of you know what this is? We're okay. Everyone's okay with this. Everyone's okay just smashing young people, mm. and that's how we fix it. That's how we get inflation down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell us how to get inflation down. We've been doing this for <laughs> ninety-seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is is, not seen as a problem because for the people who control the levers of power, it's not a problem. Mm. And for young people, they think, well, when I get older, I'll Mm. be one of the rich people because old people are rich people. Mm. But like it's, that's, there's a, there's a, like an assumption there, which I don't know if it's true that if you're, because if you're locked out of home ownership now Mm. and locked out into your fifties and your sixties, you're not going to be one of the wealthy people in your, in your, when you get to boomer age. Mm. You're, you're going to be one, still one of the poor folks, right. like in, in you know, in a relative sense. So what hap- So what do we do? It should be a problem. Like, I, like mm. if I was, you know, as a, you know, if as a young person looking at this now, you, you know, it's justified to think this system is broken and it's designed to screw me over, mm. and I'm having to, I'm having to pay the price to bring inflation down, and I didn't even cause inflation. I had nothing to do with creating that inflation. Mm. But I'm I'm bearing the cost of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dad's running his aircon like twenty four seven. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> like consuming energy like a demon. Just like yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it hot like in the winter. Hot, <laughs> global warming. Bring on that one point five degrees. I say. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a break here, grab a word from this week's sponsor, and after the break, we'll be taking a look at why mortgages are evil and what the hell is a quit agency. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. And James sent us an email, cve at equitymates.com. If Thomas could change one thing about the economy, what would it be? Thomas, what's one thing you would change at the risk of you going on another rant? What's (laughs) (laughs) just one thing? I won't be silenced. (laughs) I've got a platform and I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, yeah. One thing. One thing. And I think. I think. I think. I, the thing I would do is I would make mortgages illegal. I would, illegal. Illegal. Yeah. 
just ban them all together somehow. Okay. I don't I haven't quite thought through the mechanism. But <laughs> don't, let, don't let that stop you getting up on this platform, Thomas, <laughs> and screaming from the rooftops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mortgages to be illegal. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, so, why? So, th- so, so they were good. Yeah, this, I mean, this, is the, this is the thing. This is the thing. People think that mortgages help you buy a house. Mm. This is not what mortgages do. So the, mm. way, the way to think about it, and it's, it's, a, it's a common fallacy in the way we, people think about economics, but if you, if you think about we had a two-person economy, it's just you and I, mm. and we want to buy a house. You've got $200,000. I've got $202,000. Mm. I'm going to get the house right and I'm going to pay $202,000. Not in this market. You'd be lucky to get a caravan. (laughs) (laughs) First principle, we're we're on an island. Housing hasn't been invented yet. Someone just invented the first house. They're they're trying to sell it. Can I I be shown through first? Can I get to see it? (laughs) I'm I'm not buying the first house ever invented off the plan. I'll give you that much. <laughs> no, okay. okay right, this, so this, there's no banks on our island economy. Okay. Yeah. You've, we've just got cash. Okay. All right. So that's that's what happens. I buy the house for $202,000. Putting then, aside who built it. We don't know who built yeah. it. It's you and I on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but someone... <laughs> Try it. Someone's built this house. <laughs> They've opened up a, a real estate office. <laughs> They've posted the ad, they've listed the house for sale <laughs> and then they've just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, just try to stay with me. It's a, it's a <laughs> hypothetical exercise. Yeah, sorry. All right. So, so, so I buy the house. It cost me $202,000. Yep. Then someone invents a bank and they say yep. to you, we're willing to lend you $600,000. Right. All right. So, and you're like, you beauty. You mm. buy the house and you pay two hundred and five thousand dollars because now yep. you just you just outbid me and you buy the house. All right, but then the bank says to me, you, we, "We're willing to lend you six hundred thousand dollars as well." Mm. So mm. then I go, "Okay, great. I'll buy the house yep. and we we get in a bidding war and I pay eight hundred one thousand dollars. I outbid you mm. and I buy the house." Introducing the bank and a concept of a mortgage mm. does nothing to benefit us other than getting us to pay what we would have paid plus 30 years of mortgage slavery. Right. Yep. So no, neither of us win in that scenario. Mm. Like That does assume though that like no one's – like there's no other houses. Like if someone yeah. builds another house, yeah. then all of a sudden we're just like, Cashed up bogans just on the beach. Just <laughs> <laughs> We're buying the first caravan, the first jet ski. <laughs> We're, buying some- We're buying a carton of JD cans, the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the bank's not lending you to. Do that stuff. They're only, they're only, they want the house. I don't know. They're the first bank. They might be, they might be quite open to this. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, yeah, that's right. Expand that out to your whole Mm. economy. Yeah. In an economy where there are fewer houses than people, Mm. which has typified the Australian economy for 30 years, 30, 40 years, there haven't been enough houses. Mm. We would always prefer more houses. In a competitive market, Mm. it gets bid up. As much yeah. as people are willing to pay, that as much as people are able to pay is set by by the banks and what they're willing to lend. Yeah, right. And so 
and we and we know this because we there's a there's a thing up where I am called multiple occupancies or community titles mm. where there's multiple dwellings on a property on a single parcel of land and you buy you can buy in you buy the house but you buy a share of the land ownership so you don't own the land beneath the house you own a share in the collective mm. land and then you own your house okay. banks won't lend to that on that kind of housing because they don't have access to the land because they can't sell the land out from underneath the property if the loan goes bad. So they've got no recourse, so they won't lend to it. Right. What we see with those kind of properties is what you would, what you pay for them is about a, is about a deposit is maybe a little more. Mm. So if the medium house, you know, my area is about a million dollars, those things tend to go for three to 400,000, right. maybe, maybe up to five. And the reason is you can't get a mortgage for it. Mm. What mortgage market enables is higher house prices, mm. which is great if you if you own the houses initially, but we're past that stage. Mm. You know, like, yeah, we're, we're well past that. The first person to invent it, you know, the fictional guy who built our house, he either gets $200,000 if there's no mortgage market or he gets 800000 if there is. So he, do, he does well. If you own land, it's great for you. Mortgages are great for you. Or it's really good for banks because we're now paying interest for 30 years to the banks. So the banks have a super stable income stream coming in. Mm. But all of this done for our you know, our society, our economy is just jacked up the house of prices and turned a situation where previously I could buy a house with a deposit or very close to it. Mm. And we know that's true because I can, right now I can go and buy a house on a community title for something around a deposit. Mm -hmm. We've gone from that situation where you used to have to get a deposit together and then you could just buy a house to now you've got to get a deposit together and for 30 years Mm. pay off a mortgage. And that's a huge amount of stress. And so the only thing a mortgage market enables is 30 years of stress for every single individual in the, in the economy. Mm. Yeah, that's not, not a good outcome when you put it like that. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's say that we did ban mortgages. What you're suggesting, that would just immediately crash the whole housing market, right? So yeah. it's, not, it's not practical at all to ban mortgages at this point? Is there any way? No. Yeah. No. So that's, that's first part, part one. Is, is it practical to ban mortgages? No, no, not, 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 not in one fell swoop. You'd have to do something really staged and really careful. Like mm. there's $2.1 trillion of outstanding mortgage debt right now in Australia. Yeah. To, to, to wipe it out, you'd kind of need the government to just buy it all out, just buy yeah, it right. all. And like just, a mortgage amnesty. Yeah, 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 and just buy, it all, buy all the mortgages and, and kill them is what right. you need the government to do, but that's going to cost you $2.1 trillion. That's mm. not that's not a practical number. Mm. So I don't know, you probably need to phase it in. Like maybe you, maybe you work top down and say like it's illegal to get a mortgage if you're mm. over 65. Yeah. And, then, and then like they did with New Zealand in smoking and then every year you bring, just bring that down, that number down until eventually the, it's illegal for the entire population to get a mortgage. No, that wouldn't work. Why not? Well, because <laughs> in the meantime, as as you're on your little rant of banning mortgages, like gradually the age of being able to get one keeps getting less and less and less. Like yeah. what if you need one? Well, what if you're still, you could Wait, still be active in the market at, at the age, like, let's say the threshold gets to 44 and I'm 45 this year. So, and I want to take out and I want to buy a house. 
I now have to pay cash for the house, even though the market is still being shaped and and priced for mm. people who've got mortgages. Yeah, yeah. You'd have well, to one fell swoop. When I think, at, but at, no, no, no. But at twenty, you would see this coming. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you have a there's a lot I did not see coming at twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, mm. you would see it, like you'd, you'd phase it in like they're doing with smoking in New Zealand. It takes mm. generation, you know, two generations to, to phase, it, phase it out or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't, you know, I haven't really thought this through. Mm, that's clear. Because yeah. um, <laughs> the other problem you've got, like mm. the other problem you've got is like the banks are the biggest part of the ASX in mm. Australia or a huge part. And so if you get rid of mortgages, you get rid of, of lending for houses, then you're going to wipe out the banks. You're going to shift the banks, definitely. Well, you're going to make them smaller. Well, considerably smaller. Considerably what smaller. else are they doing? Yeah, not much. <laughs> Just running some, running some check <laughs> savings accounts. Yeah, but that's like it's, but that's like saying that <laughs> arms manufacturers really are... really put a squeeze on the Dolomites program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, that, need the Dolomites division to contribute more to profits. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, is it like, but that's not an argument to keep them. That's what I'm saying. Like it's doing, it's doing the, I, the concept of mortgages is doing huge damage. Mm. I mean, maybe this is my age because everyone I know has got a mortgage and everyone's mm. stressed out of their mind with it, with interest rates rising. And if you can't make your mortgage, mm. you know, the stress of that, then you're homeless and all yeah. that story. And it runs for 30 years. We've now got 30 year mortgages. Mm. You know, and, and it's done nothing. It's contributed nothing other than just jacking up house prices and making everyone stressed. It's, it's mm. an evil. It's an evil. It's, there's no good to it. And if your business model is supporting that evil, mm. that's, that's not, it doesn't matter how big you are. That's not a reason to keep doing it. My hot take. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for a lighthearted way to end this break, but I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thomas, finally on the show, you sent me a link to an article about quit agencies in Japan. Do you want to tell us what quit agencies are? Yeah, so so some people started a company mm. that, that um, resigns on your behalf. <laughs> you, you, you engage them, you pay them $150, well, 20,000 yen, mm. um, and they'll go to your boss and your company and quit for you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling to see the attraction here. Like at this point, at the point you're quitting, like surely you're, you've given up trying to make a good impression at that point. Like, yeah. like um, I'm quitting. It doesn't sort of not too fast at this point what you think of me. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Well, there's a whole cottage industry now. So there's now mm. two dozen companies in Japan what? doing this for people. Yes, yeah, so it's a whole niche niche industry. The CEO of one of them, of Exit, it's called the company, mm. saying when you try to quit, they give you a guilt trip. They try to make you ashamed and guilty you, that you quit your job in less than three years. Right. And when I did it, I had a very difficult time. I hope they've got some good like um, some good like validation checks in the place. You know, like because otherwise, like I could just quit someone else's job for them <laughs> that I wanted. I just ring them up and go, "Yeah, g'day." <laughs> It's Warren from Exit here. Uh, look, uh, Tony, head of accounts, he wants to quit. He wants out. He thinks you guys are a bunch of clowns, but he's too embarrassed to say it. I mean, he's hired us. Uh, but I'll tell you what, 
Adam, uh, that young go-getter in uh, uh, that young yeah, accounting yeah. junior. <laughs> he's ready, ready to yeah, step he's up. Ready. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. that that would be a smart maybe next play for a company like Exit if uh-huh. they're like, we offer quitting services, so we'll ring up and quit on your behalf. But if they had another arm of the business that was also like a recruitment agency, uh-huh. then as they quit on behalf of one person, uh, yeah, they could smart. just be like, um, look, Frank's hired us to tell us he's, he's quitting. Mm. But good news. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Carol. Carol yeah. is, she's a whiz, heaps better than Frank. <laughs> 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 and then <laughs> just start ragging yeah. on Frank. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bizarre thing. It, I mean, this is this does seem like a particularly Japanese phenomenon. Mm. Yeah, saying like this guy, the guy was saying, Takashi saying the, the two reason, major reasons people use them are because they're scared of their boss. Hmm. Or that they feel guilty for wanting to quit. Yeah, right. and that you know, guilt's a sort of it's quite a big thing in Japan. And <laughs> not here, not, no. not in Australia. Yeah. We're fine with guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. think much of me. That's okay. <laughs> so yeah, so they talk about the bosses being intimidating. I was like, oh, that's you know, come on, bosses are bosses. Like, how can it be? But then they, the, this is on Al Jazeera, this article, but they int- introduced a, a manager at an engineering company in Tokyo, Tokyo called Koji Takahashi. Hmm. Um, that he got a call from one of his quit agencies, informing him that one of his junior employees was quitting. Um, so you know what he did? What he went round to the employee's parents' house, <laughs> <laughs> have a chat. <laughs> Oh, well, in fairness, it's just due diligence. It could have been that guy again, just quitting, quitting on people's behalf. Uh, well, what, yeah. why stop it? I mean, I don't know. Why stop at jobs? Just start. Uh, there's a whole industry here. You could just start like a bad news delivery service. Like, oh, wow. Right. Like Breakups do- and. Yeah. Doctors yeah. could just be like, look, we've got the test results back, and this lady here has some very bad news for you, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll be back later on to just check on how you're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But I think I think it's interesting, like we do talk about this like, being what we only in Japan kind of story, but mm. I think it's not clear to me in Australia that we aren't as scared of bosses as as they are in Australia. And you look at this with the wages data is what indicates that to me. We've just been through the tightest labour market in Australian history mm. with all this cash everywhere and, you know, employer employers crying out for jobs and wages barely barely nudged barely nudging three and a half percent so yeah i think and yeah there's just not like a culture yet i don't think but i think this is and i yeah and i I mean in all seriousness i think there's everyone needs different things right And, and there's this concept that i'm hearing more of these days called neuro is it neurodiversity it's kind of recognizing that people function differently and not everyone's comfortable doing the same thing and even you know like the old kind of you know you got to look people in the eyes when they're talking to you like some people are just really not comfortable mm. with that yeah yeah and yeah. for a variety of reasons and so mm. i think maybe more and more these kinds of services services are going to come out where it's like no i'm really not comfortable having a conversation mm. with a superior in a work setting mm. even if that conversation is about me quitting mm. even if i've got some really good reasons i just that's scares the absolute crap out of me. Mm. So what'd you say? For 20,000 yen, (laughs) done, deal. (laughs) Um, Like I think that's, that could be a thing. Like I imagine it's, it's going to be, 
as we become more comfortable with neurodiversity and a lot of that that kind of people get their head around that concept mm. a bit more, then I think, yeah, it'll become more acceptable to be like, yeah, that's a conversation that I'd really like to just pay someone else to have on my mm, behalf. Mm, and mm. I know this company, they offer a 100% success rate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just pretty easy <laughs> because companies don't actually own you. <laughs> you can't be like, oh, I want to quit. And they, I'm sorry, you, mm. you, we're denying your request mm, yeah. to quit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe there's something in it. Mm. Uh, all right, I think we should uh, leave it there for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we really love your support. And uh, that is all for us for this week. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week on Comedian versus Economist. But for us, it's bye for now. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.